Oh, let's lift our hearts with our hands. Take a moment here and love the Lord, everybody, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. I lift my heart with my hands in thy name. And I praise and worship you, O Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for the truth of the scriptures. Thank you, dear Jesus Christ. Thank you, my holy Lord and my holy God. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to turn your attention to Luke's account of the gospel tonight. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. And Jesus answered him, him being the devil, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I'd like to work for a little while tonight on every word of God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It's wonderful to be in God's house and to, as Brother Weekly stated, to have that river flowing to you and through you and bring all the good things that it brings and takes away all the bad things that the, the old world puts on you every day, just particulate matter that's in the environment. And the enemy is the prince and the power of the air. And he puts a lot of pollutants in that air. And it's nice to come and take a refreshing swim in waters to be swum in. Is it not written that uh, when they came out of that long journey, that arduous journey from Egypt, and they were going, leaving there to worship the Lord, and in so doing in that journey, uh, they had no no water and they were upset of course and their flesh was acting up and but God allowed the water to gush forth out of the rock how enjoyable was that to get in that river it wasn't no little garden hose with a little trickle of water coming out the waters gushed out of there it became a river and they it was a, a river from God and that's what Revelation talked about a river that comes from his throne and how you and I can plunge into that river in a service that we can come here and be washed. We can be washed. And how great that feels, how refreshing that is, how cleansing that is. I'm uh, here in, also in the book of Acts, and the Apostle Paul uh, has appealed to Caesar. He has exhausted everything with the governor, first Felix, then Festus, and now King Agrippa, and uh, he has felt that he was um, just had to go ahead and appeal to Caesar under the circumstances. And so he has been placed on a ship, and they are bound for Rome in Caesar's judgment seat. And uh, the Apostle Paul, here in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts, he told them very plainly, that uh, this was not going to be a, a good trip. He told them in verse 9, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. That means Paul warned 
them. He gave them a warning. And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading or the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Verse 11, though, said, Nevertheless, in other words, in spite of Paul's warning, they just pushed that aside. The centurion believed, oh, you can misplace your faith. He believed the master and the owner of the ship, who, of course, was worried about money. He wanted to make his profit on that lading, that cargo. And so he believed the centurion, the Roman soldier, he believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. If you want to live, then you want to take heed to every word of God. God has His way of sending His word to your heart. The Bible teaches that in the days of His flesh, Jesus found Himself being tempted by the tempter. And the way He handled it was with the Word of God, the Word or the sword of the Spirit. He did not pull out a commentary. He did not go find some reference book in some dusty shelf of a library somewhere. But he gave him the Word of the Lord. That's how he dealt with that Spirit. The enemy is not going to pay attention or to be rebuked or to flee or run from anything except the Word of God. Somebody was telling me recently about some of the silly nonsense that people come up with in the name of false doctrine. They come up with some idea of their own. They twist and they rest the Scriptures to their own destruction, to their own damnation. And in so doing, they don't get rid of the devil. They just really invite him in. They let him begin to wreak havoc among them. And all the while, they would like to claim that it is God. But I want to tell you, God does not contradict himself. He is the Word, and the Word that was God was made flesh. And the example that we were given was to use the Word of God to fight off a spirit or spirits. The Bible teaches in the book of Acts where the church was out doing it that there were those that observed and they said, well, I can do that. They're not anything. They're nobody. I'm just as good as they are. My religion is as good as their salvation. That was their attitude. And they thought to go about and do the things that the church was doing. And so seven sons of a man who was kin to the high priest in the religion of that day, he took upon himself to call the name of Jesus Christ over somebody who was full of the devil and said, I adjure you, devil, by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And the Bible said the devil answered back. Now, I'm quite sure at that point 
that those seven individuals were exceedingly amazed and scared because they weren't expecting. It's kind of like the witch of Endor in the Old Testament when she uh, was told to call up Samuel and all of a sudden God gave her a real vision and it scared her to death. She was used to dealing in hocus pocus and butter beans and wild okra. She wasn't looking for the real thing. She was looking for the scam and the fraudulent and the fake and the phony. And she was going to pull a quick con and pocket the money and go. And when that, those spirits spoke out and said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? And the Bible said the devils just leaped on them and begin to cut them and do violence to them and they and strip them naked and they ran away into the day of night. It's important to realize that in the day and hour in which we live, we're going to more and more need the word of the Lord, every word of God. We don't ever want to be guilty of a, hear a little and then take a little part over there and tie a couple of things together that we feel like's okay, or that we look at a verse and come up with a private interpretation. We don't want to ever. We want to be a part of the church, so we don't ever want to do anything like that. Bible teaches out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, two or three scriptures, subject matter. You begin to build so that you can get a good Bible answer. You can get the mind of God on something. If the apostles didn't do it, it's not a part of the apostles' doctrine, then you don't want to venture out into that thin ice. You don't want to find yourself out there with nothing under you but a bunch of quicksand. You want to be on the rock. You want to be on chapter and verse. You want to live by every word that proceeded forth from the mouth of God. You want chapter and verse. And you want to give heed to that. The scripture teaches in the book of Corinthians chapter 10 that there was things that were given as an example and that they were a warning to us upon whom the ends of the world are come. We are not living in the beginning of the end. We are living in the end of the end. We're down at the end of this thing, okay? I remember when we were building CLC in a Guy came by and we were just about getting ready to lay the carpet. We were getting ready to finish it up and, and have church. Man, somebody said that to me today. They said they couldn't wait till we got done here so we could have the first service. Well, I'm anticipating that also. But uh, I remember a guy came by and, and he started telling me about this is not right and this is a serious problem and, and you need to uh, let me fix this for you and I'll pull in this guy and I'll get this guy and we'll do this, we'll do that. And of course the money was going up and up and up how much he wanted for it. And I looked at him and I said, hey, hold on. I said, I'm trying to finish and you're trying to start all over again. So you just go your little way and we'll finish. And we did and never had a problem. But I am trying to tell you that you want to stay with chapter and verse. The Bible said that there was an admonition. There was a warning given on us who live on the end of this thing. And there were examples given. And they were given to help us, to warn us, to admonish us. Much like the Apostle Paul was trying to tell them, you're going on this journey and you're going a certain way. And I'm trying to tell you that there's going to be harm, not just to the cargo, not just to the ship, but for our lives also. 276 souls were on 
that ship and Paul is trying has a burden for them and trying to tell them you don't realize what you're doing I'm warning you about but they overrode him it was like they hit the delete button and paid no heed to what he said and instead they followed the natural carnal thinking you wonder why some people do some things when it's not in the word of God why practice something that's not in his word I don't dance with snakes because they didn't dance with snakes in the Bible I'm not going to do it if they didn't do it I want to stay with chapter and verse I want to heed the warning I want to give heed to the word of God the word of God every word of God you find a verse that's isolated you find a unique verse that's hard to find subject matter, well, you know what you do? You just put your nail in the wall and hang that verse on that nail and you pray about it. And you move on to more familiar, solid ground. You don't start making up things and entertaining spirits and make you think you're some great one guy I was preaching the other night. My wife got on the internet and pulled something up and, and uh, and he was just going on, and I've done my homework. And the Greek said this, and the Hebrew said that, and I was yawning. And I said, honey, I said, what he's saying is so old. I said, but he's trying to make it like he's got some great. And then he told everybody, he said, let's stand up and lift your hands and pray for a spirit of revelation here. I'm like, you know, uh, <clears throat> we've been preaching that a long, long time. A long, 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 long. There are things that are in this word that the church has been practicing and preaching and teaching for almost two millenniums. And I, we don't need for somebody, you don't need for somebody to come around and they think they've got some smart idea. What they've got is just like the owner and the master of that ship. They're going to take you right out into trouble. They're going to take you right away from the solid things of God. You want to live by every word of God. You don't want to leave any out. You don't want to take anything from it. And you don't want to add anything to it. You don't want to get yourself out where the waters are deep and dangerous and put yourself in a precarious situation. These are now dangerous times in which we are living. Perilous times, the scripture said. Why well, told Timothy to preach the word. Preach every word of God. Preach the word of God. Don't you preach fairy tales. Don't you preach commentary. Don't you preach theory. Don't you pull Tennyson out and get me some poetry. I don't need poetry. If I want poetry, I'll read Psalms and Proverbs and Song of Solomon. But I don't need some natural carnal mind. I need every word of God. I want to hang on that word. Stand on that word. Sit on the edge of my seat on that word. Drink in that word. I want the every word of God. We often tell people, we often tell people that uh, this word of God, we believe all of it. We don't shrink away, shy away, run away, or duck any chapter in any verse. We believe it all. It's like if you've read your Bible through and somebody says, hey, did you ever read such and such in the Bible? You can say, yep, I sure have. You may not be remembering it right now, but if it's in there and you read it through, you know you read it. But you know what? You keep on reading it through, and after a while, somebody will bring something up, and you'll know right where it's at. And that'll be right in God's Word, and it'll be in your heart. 
and you put his word in your heart. David said, I'm hiding it there so I don't sin against you. I want your word to be in my heart. I want, I want your spirit to, and the spirit of the word to be so strong in my life that it will prevent me from going in wrong directions and into unchartered waters, into strange areas where there's strange spirits and strange doctrines. I want the good old chapter and verse. There's nothing, nobody should ever intimidate you and make you feel like you're some kind of old fashion. Let me tell you, you're not old fashioned. The Word of God is not old fashioned. The Word of God is tried, it's tested, and it's proven. It is solid. It is real. It's going to be there when everything else moves. I want you to be broken, but I don't want you to be crushed. I want you to let you fall on the rock and be broken. If you'll do that, you don't have to be crushed. And there's no reason to be crushed if you give heed to every word in God's Bible. Broken, not crushed. No need for that. But even a crushing can save you from yourself and the enemy. The Bible teaches that here they're out on this journey and they've, they've just dismissed the Word of God. Not going to do what, what is being spoken here. Not going to listen. Going to go on in spite of an admonition, in spite of warning of hurt, damage, and... Uh, going to listen to the carnal words and the carnal thinking. And, the, you know, the Bible teaches that they got, the enemy just really just suckered them in. The enemy will do that. He, the Bible said in uh, verse 13 that when the south wind blew softly. You know, the Bible said because sentence is not executed speedily, that the sons of men are set in their heart to do evil. Because judgment doesn't fall right then. Because they don't get clobbered right then. Because the consequence doesn't fall upon them right at that moment. They continue on and they get bold and they get hard in their spirit. And they get that attitude, you know, that na-na-na-na-boo-boo, you know. I'm getting away with it, see. You know, and all that kind of jazz. And they thumb their nose at the church. And they thumb their nose at people who are hanging in there. People who are, are getting strength and victory in their lives and adding with all diligence. They're adding to their faith. They're adding all the right things, all the good nutriment and building blocks that are going to make them strong and solid in the Holy Ghost. That they're growing up into Him who is the head of all things. That they're being fit together in the body of Christ. And that every muscle, joint, fiber, and tissue is working together and that you're not a weakling and that you're not blown about by every wind of doctrine and that every snake that latches on you, you can shake it off, that you can drink any deadly thing, meaning doctrines, meaning bad doctrines that come and attack you, that you can absolutely feel no harm because you've got the antidote. You've got the Word of God. You live by every word, every word, not just some of it. About 800,000 words in the King James Version, 1,189 chapters, and you believe Believe them all, every bit of it, without exception. Amen. So that, that wind was just blowing softly, that balmy breeze. And uh, it said, supposing, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose. See, you don't know what he's talking about. Everything's fine. Beautiful day. Sky's blue. The sun is bright and yellow and shining. 
and the wind is blowing softly. It's all good. Everything's fine. And so they continued on their journey. And the Bible said, but not long after, not long after, there arose a tempestuous wind. You know, things have a way of gaining momentum. Sometimes they also use the word in science, inertia. Kind of like a snowball, but after a while it becomes an avalanche. And as we often say, be sh as the Bible said, be sure your sin will find you out. That old big cat of sin, that big panther, that big lion, you know, after a while, you know, they reported that sometimes some lions can leap 30 feet through the air. 30 feet. That's almost from this wall to this wall. Think about it. And you're there. And he was there, and you think, all good. All of a sudden, he's on you. And so that wind imperceptibly began to pick up. And the windsock began to fill. And the little rooster at the top began to spin a little faster. And first news you know, the boat's rocking. I don't want to make you seasick. But the waves are getting to be swells. And the boat is down in the bottom and up in the top. And down in the bottom, and I'll stop right there. And I'll get you set. I'm past that little ginger root tonight. And uh, that's supposed to help you with dizziness. But the Bible even named it. It said it was a tempestuous wind called Eurachlite. And you know what? It being named makes me to understand that men on that boat should have known better and should have listened to the Word of God and the warning and the admonition. You know, the devil is the same old serpent he's always been and that he gets people with the same old tricks. I uh, was told of a man that uh, got out of jail He'd been out of jail for three months, and he went and visited an apostolic church and put on a little show and made the, believe, the preacher believe that he got the Holy Ghost. And unfortunately, the preacher didn't have much experience, evidently. He didn't see through it, kind of like the evangelist in the book of Acts, you know, when he went ahead and baptized Simon the sorcerer along with every, the rest of the city. But the apostles filtered that out when they got there. Well, unfortunately, evidently, there wasn't anybody around or anybody. I know one man who wasn't listening anyway. And uh, so this guy convinces the preacher he got the Holy Ghost. Next thing he tells him, you know what? He said, if you give me um, $5,000, he said, I'll triple your money for you. He said, because I, I, I'm also a broker. I'm an apostolic broker. And I'm going to make you broke. Amen. And he did. And he did. And he got that guy to, oh, he gave him three times his $5,000. Oh, yeah, you know, even a fish wouldn't get caught if it didn't open its mouth. But he hooked him. He took his 5000 and turned it into 15000 And all oh, the guy went around, started telling all the other preachers. First news you know, this guy's got everybody giving their money and giving them good returns and giving more money. And pretty soon his, his little upside-down pyramid scheme, you know, Starts out real wide at the top. All of a sudden, it starts narrowing down. You're not even getting a penny. Nothing coming out of the bottom. He built, he stole, he conned preachers in this country out of $70 million. And I remember coming home, seeing this fellow's with me. 
I believe. I was coming home on the old road. I don't think we had the four lane then. I prefer the old road anyway. And I'm bumping along there, you know, and I'm on the phone. And I am screaming at a preacher, get your money back. He told you it's liquid. Get your money back. Pull every penny out. Tell him you've got a serious need, and if things pan out, you'll, you'll bring some back to him. But right now, you need your money. He took all the church money. He took all the tithing, all the treasury, every fund they had. He took all the money, even got an 80-year-old relative to give him $80,000. He put everything into it, and he lost everything. Oh, how we ought to know if we... Take every word of God. We are not going to be ignorant. We are not going to be taken. We are not going to be bamboozled. We are not going to be taken in by that old serpent, the devil. We sniff the air and we recognize what's going on. I need to listen to every word of God. I don't care how blue the sky is and how sunny it is and that wind is blowing so nicely. It's not enough to reassure me I am deviating from God's word. Uh -uh. It ain't nevertheless. It's he said it and I'm sticking with it. I'm going to do just what he said. And they didn't do that. And the first news you know, here's the old lion. Here's the old devil. He has stepped it up. He has come after them with a great leap. And the wind is now tempestuous. And they're rocking everywhere. And they're absolutely pitching to and fro. And they're saying, we better unload this ship and get rid of some things. Because we are in danger of sinking. You know, we don't have to live like this religious world lives. Well, I think I'm saved. Had a woman that owned a bookstore here in town for many years, and she was always had a, a very negative spirit towards the truth. And she'd say little things, little cutting things, and I'd always just smile and try to guide things gently and move on. And, you know, one day I walked in there, and lo and behold, she looked at me and she said, you know, I, I, I think I'm saved. You don't have to feel like that. Jesus Christ is offering you by his word an experience. You know, it's like somebody that, just had a massive coronary waking up with all the tubes and everything in him and, 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 and he looks up and he says I think, I think I'm sick really you know you get the Holy Ghost friend you're going to get an experience that it's not think it's Paul said I know I know I've got the Holy Ghost with much assurance. I've had a change in my heart and a change in my life. I am believing every word of God. I'm not living by man. I'm not living by bread alone. I'm living by every word of God. It will be there to reassure me. It will be there to make me stand. It will be there when the wind comes against me. Everybody on that ship was nervous except the Apostle Paul who went to a prayer room and came came out shining and said, don't worry about it. I talked to God. His angels talked to me. It's going to be okay if you stay with the church, stay with the ship, stay with every word of God. It's going to be all right. No matter what the wind looks like, no matter sounds like, no matter what the clouds look like, no matter how bad the weather looks and all the observable things of the natural eye look, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Quit believing everything else and start believing every word of God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. They were exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The Bible said many days and no small tempest lay on them. 
to the point that all hope that they would be saved was taken away. People are in this world, and they feel hopeless, and they feel helpless. And you know what? If you've witnessed to them, if you've talked to them, and you've watched their life be tossed to and fro, and you've watched people go on in, in the wrong ways, uh, you just remember something. You are the lighthouse. You are the buoy. You are the beacon. You are the reference point. You are the anchor. You are the ship. You are everything that they have need of. And they see it in you, some of them, every day, whether it's on your job, at a schoolhouse, at the grocery store, wherever it might be. They see you repetitively over and over and over again. We had a family just went away, and, and a young man said, I want to come back and go to your church and live where you live. He said, because you know what? Every time you come visit, he said, she, the individual said, you and your children are always the same. There is no change. It's not one day it's long and the next day it's gone. It's not one one day it's down where it belongs and the next day it's, you know, looks like a belt instead of a skirt. Come on. There's no change here. There's a consistency here. There's the Word of God here. The Word of God doesn't change. The Lord my God changeth not. There is a consistency and a stability of God's Word. We're living by every word. Not just some of it. Not just picking the part we like. Big old angel. Taller than a skyscraper, one foot on land, one foot on the sea, and looks at, at the Apostle John and gives him a book and says, You eat that whole book, he said, it's gonna be sweet in your mouth, but bitter in your belly. It don't matter, sweet or bitter, we're going to take it all. We're gonna balance it out. God's gonna give us what we have need of, and it's not for us to figure out if we just want the sweet all the time. God's not raising a bunch of spiritual diabetics, God's raising healthy balanced children that believe every word of God. Every word of God. Amen. You know, there was, the owner was just saying, he's just trying to keep me from making a big profit on my cargo. He just, he just doesn't want us to go that way because he has his own ideas and interests. He's going, got to go stand before Caesar, so of course he don't want to go. Paul had already stated, he said, if I've done anything wrong, he said, I'm, I'm willing to die. He said, I'm delivered, no problem. But they, he, of course, had a bunch of things to say to make the apostle look bad in people's eyes. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is that the enemy's going to always try to paint a gloomy, dark picture about God and his work and his people, while he's always going to give you a beautiful, psychologically-oriented billboard about all his junk. He's going to sanitize it, and he's going to dress it up and paint it up and try to make it look so good to the flesh. You know, I had two people standing behind me in line today, and I want you to know that the cloud of nicotine, and they weren't smoking because we were in the building, but the cloud of it just came right over and went right up my nostrils. And I wanted to turn around and say, so you guys smoke a lot, do you? Could be an Indian sending up smoke signals here, but you're not reading what the signals are, you know. And I mean, for your health's sake, right? I had a guy one time, we were building a building, and he came on the job, and he, he put on a, a filter mask. And he went up into the attic, and he carried a big, long hose, and they pumped through that hose insulation. Insulation has certain materials in it that you do not want to breathe in and get in your lungs. So hence, he had the mask. He came down out of there and took his break. 
ripped off his mask and lit up his cigarette. So I asked him, I said, why do you wear the mask up there? He said, oh, it's bevy long, bevy long, bevy long. And I said, and this? And he, just, he, just, he didn't know what to say. He, he did not have a word to say. And I told him, I said, I'm just trying to help you for your health's sake here. You know, the Bible did talk about the contradiction of sinners. Satan brings one contradiction after another into people's lives. He paints the beautiful billboard. I heard somebody say the other day, if, if people don't think that smoking is bad for you, they ought to ask the Marlboro man, in case you didn't know he died of cancer. Oh, yeah. Many of them that were used to be the model for advertising cigarettes have died of cancer. Not just one, but many. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. The enemy, he's going to paint it pretty. He's going to make you feel like people are out there boogieing and having a big old time, and he's going, and the wind is blowing softly, and, they're, and one day, I'm telling you, they're going to wake up, and they're going to be right in the middle of a storm and all hope that they could be saved. The enemy's going to try to take that away, and they better hope that there's somebody that's got this experience somewhere within the sphere of them that can reach to them and give them the Word of God and pull them out of the miserable mess that they find themselves in they better thank God there was a preacher on that ship that was telling them the right thing and telling them I've talked to God and I want you to know if God saved them on that ship it was because of the preacher it was because he prayed it was because of his faith and the word of God that he gave them amen preacher that got on a plane one morning to, to leave a commercial airline to, to leave a city that he'd been preaching in and he got on that plane and he's sitting there and all of a sudden the time to take off went by 30 more minutes went by hour went by pretty soon they came on they said well said we're going to have to ask you all to get off said evidently the plane is not in the good enough shape for us to take off and fly I want you to know something tonight. There's a lot of people on that plane. Better be glad that Holy Ghost preacher was on that plane. And I mean that. They better be glad. And many of them never knew. But you know, God knew. You heard what the devil said. He said, Paul I know and Jesus I know. He said, but who are you? <laughs> who are you? Who do you think you are? You think you're going to be able to do that? Man, you ain't going to be able to do nothing. And I'm fixing to whoop the socks off of you and send you down the road running, screaming, and hollering. I want, you know, there's people out there want to tell you you got to wrestle with, the, with somebody who's got the devil. Put them in a headlock. That devil will take you and throw you halfway across this town. You don't wrestle with the devil. You get what Jesus said. He gave, it is written. He gave him chapter and verse. You want the devil to flee, you hold up that gleaming furbished sword of the word of the spirit. You show him every word of God. Jesus didn't make a fist. Jesus didn't go Bruce Lee on him. Jesus gave him the word of God. They lost all hope. They figured they, were, they weren't going to be able to be delivered out of this situation. But Paul stood for it. And Paul said, you know, nobody, I told you, we don't like to say, I told you so. So we usually say, I warned you so. It's a little softer, right? So uh, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and softly said, Sirs, you should have listened to me. <laughs> 
like Pastor Urshan said, sometimes you just got to poke them a little bit. Well, I guess he was poking right there. He said, you should have hearkened unto me or listened to me and not have loosed from that particular country to have gained this harm and loss. You know, when you gain the whole world, all you get is harm and loss. And brothers say that tonight, vanity of vanities. All you get is harm and loss. That's all you get. You, you, you wake up one day and you realize that that billboard is not the correct representation of it all. And you see the flip side of it. And you see the horror. You see the pain. You see the misery. You see the disillusionment. You see the dissatisfaction. You see the disease and the, and the horribleness uh, of sin and canker in your life. You realize that and you have been ravaged by a lion that has caught up with you and just just absolutely ripped you to shreds. And let me tell you, it's not just the teeth, holes, and marks. It's all that junk that's on those fangs and on those claws, all that infection, all that disease. I read an article today about a, an aunt that said she was so worried about her sister's children because the young girl at an early age has gotten active and now she has a sexually transmitted disease, but the mother is in denial. There's a lot of people in denial tonight. It's a disease-ridden world. But you listen to the Word of God. You live by the Word of God. And then you're going to find yourself clean, escaped from the era of the wicked. You're going to find yourself clean in a polluted world. That He will take you and He will clean you up. He will wash you in His blood. He will fill you with His Spirit. And He will continue to renew you in the gift of the Holy Ghost. So as was said, your oil will be fresh. You want to come to pre-service prayer. You want to gather together two or three in the name of Jesus Christ, and he's in the midst. You want to lift your heart with your hands in the name of Jesus Christ. You want to sing the songs of Zion. You want to dance and shout and worship and begin to speak in another language as his spirit gives you the ability to worship him and praise him in such a godly, holy manner. You want to experience again and again the joy that is unspeakable, that human words cannot get it out, but the Holy Ghost can do it. The Spirit of the Father that's in you can speak it forth in such a manner that it brings a high praise to Him, an acceptable praise to Him. You know, things got so bad Imagine gaining harm and loss. <laughs> Boy, I wouldn't call that a gain. But he told them, this is, this is the church. This is the preaching. This is the witnessing. Look what he said. He only poked them just a little bit. He said, now you should have hearkened. And now you brought this pain to yourself, and you've even pulled me into it. I'm in the middle of it. But he said, you know, I got the Holy Ghost, so everything's cool with me. How's it going with you? And they're shaking there and having depends moments and everything else. And he said... He said, uh, now I exhort you. And they finally said, oh, boy, he's going to really preach to us now. Well, let me tell you, when I come in here and I want to rip you, God usually sends comforting words. And when I come in here to say sugar, look out. That's what they told the preacher on the way and say something sweet, right? He said, sugar, and then he went after it. And now I exhort you. He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. You know, the enemy will fight you. Stay home. You don't want to go. You know you're gonna, you've been, you ain't been doing so hot. You've been letting down a little bit. You've been backing up a little bit. You go there tonight, you know you're going to get a spanking. You're going to get whooped up on. 
enemy just fights you and have all kinds of things to say. Then look what he said. And these folks had done it wrong. And now they're in the midst of a totally blackout storm here. And, and, and all hope, they've lost all hope that they're going to be delivered out of this storm. And he says, hey, be of good cheer. It's good to come to church. You listen to the word of God. You let it, you're going to go out so much better than you came in. And everybody said, praise the Lord. He said, now I exhort you to be of good cheer. I had a guy one time, I said to him, I said, let's go over to the church and pray. And he, and, and we, he didn't want to go. And we, we went over to the church. We spent about an hour there praying. We walked back to his house. He told his wife, he said, you know, I really didn't want to go. He said, but I'm sure glad I did. Sometimes you don't, you, your flesh is not going to feel like coming and praying and coming to church. But you know what? When it's all over, said, and done, you're going to be so glad you did. You're going to be so happy that you did. Hear me? One service can make all the difference for you. One song, one prayer, one of every word of God, just one word of every word of God can absolutely lift your spirits and make the shackles fall off and open the prison doors and set you at liberty. Amen. Well, he said, now I exhort you, be of good cheer. You know, that sounds just like Jesus, and that's who we're supposed to sound like. We want to talk like he talked. We don't want to have filthy verbal conversation. We don't want to have a filthy lifestyle. We, you know, what did the king tell Paul? He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You almost persuaded me to be like Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm sure Paul was like, uh, yeah, that's the general idea. As you got that right. Ding, 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 ding. You found me out. That's exactly what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying. He said, you know what? I wish that you were just like me, except for these handcuffs you got on me. I have no handcuffs in the spirit, but uh, King, you got a few on me here. You might want to take them off. And let me continue to give you every word of God. Let me reason with you of, of judgment and righteousness and temperance and things to come. Everybody said, praise the Lord. And, and now I exhort you. He said, be of good cheer. Well, that's what Jesus did. He comes walking out in the middle, on, the, on the water in the middle of the storm. The boat is pitching to and fro. This is a different storm, different body of water, of course. And, and the disciples are absolutely freaking out. They're, they don't know what's going to happen. They're perishing for their life. And they're just absolutely in a quandary here. And they're in a total panic. You know, panic is a killer. There's no need to panic. Get your heart rate down between 80 and 120. Get your blood pressure where it belongs. Get everything balanced out. And believe every word of God. Okay? Just let God put things in balance for you. Jesus came walking up in the middle of the storm. And I'm sure he could have said, <clears throat> And what seems to be the problem? And he said, Fear not. That's the first thing. He could, he could smell their fear. He could smell it. Their fear. And he said, he said, fear not. Be of good cheer. And they're looking, you know, the waves are coming over the boat. They smell and stink with seaweed. Fish are flopping all over, which wasn't such a bad idea because they were fishermen. But, you know, they didn't want to catch them that way. It's kind of like wanting to lose weight and get the flu for three weeks. That's not exactly the weight loss program I had in mind. It's a, it works real good, but, you know, it's not real much fun there. It's so not fun. But uh, Jesus says, fear not. Be of good cheer. Peace be unto you. And first news you know, the wind died down. And the, sa the waves went down and got calm, clear as glass. Everything was cool. The 
boat straightened up, the seasickness passed, seasoned fishermen were seasick on that boat that day. And uh, that's what Paul said. He said, hey, now I exhort you. I'm preaching to you. Be of good cheer. You know, I like to preach and everybody get happy. People think the preacher just wants to get up there and beat you to death, and that's so not true. I like, I like the Holy Ghost to just make us shout and dance, make us so happy, just lift our spirits and, and make us like we are sitting together, the Bible said, in heavenly places. You know, and the angels of God are just flapping their wings all over the place, and you and I are feeling the effect of it. How great it is. Let me tell you, he said, hey, uh, let me exhort you. Let me preach to you. He said, be of good cheer. He said, for there's not going to be any loss of any man's life among you. What a great message that is. I'm telling you, you don't have to be lost. You do not have to spend eternity with that devil in hell. You hear me? You don't have to spend all of eternity separated from him who loves you. You do not have to spend all of eternity, world without end, in misery, gnashing on your own flesh. Hear me tonight when I tell you, you do not have to be lost. Jesus gave his life on the cross that you might be saved. No matter how bad the storm, no matter how dark the skies, no matter how much you feel hopeless, he came to give you an eternal hope. He wants you to be saved. So be of good cheer. That is, be of good cheer if you're living by every word of God. I want every word, Lord. I want it all. I want the book, nothing but the book, the whole book. That's what I want. And everybody said amen. And anything else, I'm going to reject it out of hand. Not going to let it to get into my spirit. My wife told me the other night about some crazy doctrine that they had there. And I, I, I go nuts. I, I, I want to punch walls. I can't figure out how people can get off, other than the spirit, of course, into some of the weirdest, strangest, oddest things. People that's called to truth. People that have, have been given the, the oracles of God, the promises of God, the Word of God, and they wind up into these weird and strange areas and uncharted waters. And I, I told um, uh, somebody, a preacher not too long ago, I said, uh, about another preacher who went off the deep end, friend, he went off the deep end. He lives somewhere and he raises... Um, what do you call it? Eggplant. Eggplant. Egghead raising eggplant. And, I, and he's got all these crazy weird doctrines. And, and I said, um, and I remember telling that young man, I remember telling him, I said, you know, and I gave him some advice. I said, if you'll do this and this and this and this. And he just, nevertheless, he just went about his own way. And now, you know, he lives in the back of the back of the boonies somewhere raising eggplant. You know? And, uh, and, of course, everybody makes their own clothes. And I don't think that Paris and New York are wanting to hire them to design anything either. Don't think so. I don't even think Kmart is offering them contracts. And I said, you know, I told this preacher, I said, you know, if, if that guy, if I was to call that guy, and I said, which I will not, I said, but if I was to call that guy, I said, you know what I would tell him? I would tell him 
everything you're saying, my pastor did not believe any of that rot. Now, are you going to tell me that he was wrong? And, of course, I know he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Apostle Paul wasn't wrong. Peter, James, and John were not wrong. Mary, the mother of that flesh, those people and people all the way down and ringing it right to where we're at right now, there are people whose shoulders you stand on, people that sweated blood, people that gave their lives, people that did without, people that lived sacrificial lives, people that were totally tuned in to every word of God and their heart was given to the Lord and they didn't care about anything in this world except the lost souls that are traversing up and down these roads and are uh, lost in the storms and hopeless in life and, he's, and we're trying to preach them the good news. Be of good cheer. You can repent. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can receive the Holy Ghost. You can have the best life anybody could ever have. You can be filled with God's presence and power and have the blood-washed fellowship of the church. You can have that. Well, you can remain standing. I know I need to quit. It's a little late. But he said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He said, for I believe God. And therein lies the crux of the matter. I believe God every word of God and it will be given to us just as God has said God cannot lie God cannot lie the liar is the devil he's the father of lies and he's promising this world just like the owner and the master of the ship promising this world all kinds of things and people are rejecting the word of God and having their own way they think only oh, it's really the devil having his way and is it not written in the book of 2 Thessalonians that they, when they say peace and safety, when the wind is blowing softly and they're trusting in all the things they're trusting in, that suddenly it's going to happen like a travail upon a woman with child. It's going to come pow. And, you know, it's going to be like, baby. Yes, honey. No, baby. You know, well, that's what's going to happen. It's going to hit and the pain is going to hit and this world is going to be in one more mess. And I want you to know they're going to go down. But there's a church that believes every word and they're going to go up. They're going to go up. They're going to be with him in the first resurrection. So let's be broken. By that I mean let's fall on this word. And let's be broken. Let our will be broken. But let's not be crushed. You don't have to be crushed. You don't have to invite a crushing in your life. It's far better to, you know, when he breaks it, he blesses it. What he did with the bread, the loaves and the fishes, he broke it and he blessed it. You fall on the rock and you'll be blessed. You, you give up your will. You give up your way. You keep doing that, repenting and overcoming every day. And drag your old self before that altar and here I am, Lord. I know it don't smell so good, so drop a little cologne on me. Drop some of that Holy Ghost perfume on me. Come on, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give me a good Holy Ghost scrubbing down right now. Hose me off. Flush me out. Let me just revel in the presence of you, Lord. Let me do that. Let me be forgiven again, washed again, cleansed again, and renewed again, excited again. Reignite me here. And let me again realize how good I have it. How good I have it. People out there boogieing in the club, they're not happy. I don't care how they laugh, 
how giddy they carry on and what they say. They are not happy. They're still searching. They're miserable. And the ones, the ones who had it and forsook it, they're in a bigger mess because they, they're going to feel like there's no hope. They're going to feel like they're really disoriented. Let me tell you, you don't have to lose direction here. You do not have to get off course. You do not have to willingly hedge yourself out into dangerous waters. You can be right where God wants you to be, and he's going to be not the co-pilot. He's going to be the pilot, and you're going to be very glad to allow him to be the pilot that he is in your life. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. More love, more power, more of you. 